podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to AFTV and welcome to the Forever Arsenal podcast. And I've just noticed everyone's all over the place. I haven't got the positioning <laughs> oh, look at right this. at all. Second show in, it's a shambles, Lee. Absolute uh, right, shambles. It's just a shambles. I'll tell you what, you know, this is what there you say. Like, you know, he's turned over to become an Italian today, isn't he? Like, you know, because of the signing. It's ridiculous. What do you mean? I, lo- well, I, like- I just like this jacket. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah for anyone, uh, of course, listening on podcast platforms, I'm I'm wearing my Italy Euro 2020. I know it still hurts. I know it still hurts some of you, but you know. <laughs> doesn't that be at all? Really? No, but, you know, <laughs> Jorginho lifting the the Euros trophy. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Bellini. I've always liked him, you know. Yeah, brilliant player. Player, brilliant, brilliant player. Yeah. Brilliant player. Absolutely. I've always brilliant. been a huge fan, actually. Yeah. Why, yeah. why he was playing for Chelsea, I do not know. Like that, <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. He's at a proper club now. Uh, welcome, everyone, back to the podcast. It is me, James, hosting today with Jordan Sheroy's in the building as well to cover for Turkish and Lee as well. Uh, but, you know what? How come he got a club? Applause. Well, you're right. And round of applause for Jordan and Lee as well. I was just because he's filled in, you know, he's he's always stepping up for us. Um, on uh, guys, we're going to be uh, honest with you, and it is sad news. We're just going to explain why Turkish is away very briefly. Um, it was uh, revealed on the Big Six, so some of you have watched that will know already. Um, but his nan passed away very, very sadly. Um, there's someone that you know, like all our, you know, we're all very close to our nan, but Turkish was very, very close to his nan. Um, and it's incredibly sad. And we just want to wish him, you know, all the love and support. And, you know, he's going to take all the time he needs. And we welcome him back to the podcast, you know, whenever he's ready, of course. Um, but what you guys don't know is the amount of work he puts into putting this podcast together. Um, he was at the very origins of this podcast and bringing us all together and, and, and us bringing you this show. Um, so we just, you know, Whatever he needs, you know, we, 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 we've got it. And uh, Sharoy is, you know, so happy as you always are to cover for him. But as you mentioned, you know, the other day via WhatsApp, it's not at all the circumstances which you'd want to be jumping in. But, you know, uh, we love you, Turkish, and we look forward to having you back. Just, yeah, just to add, I, I think it is actually obvious to the viewers and listeners how much work Turkish puts into this show when you step into the hosting duties because people get to really see now how hard and how good a host he is when yeah. James comes in. So I think we need to pick up Turkish I've, even more. Absolutely fair. That. And, and, and also another another thing, guys, I've got to say, it, it, you know, Turkish makers come in late every now and then. We, you know, we, we, we admit that, but he does put the link up. You know, not not two minutes before like uh, the time. You know I mean? Hours so, before Lee. Hours before hours normally. Before, like, you know, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, big, up, else? big up Turkish. Big up Turkish. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually had the message to get the link sent to me. So where's having a pop? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> on a serious one, though. On a serious one with with Turkish. Look, he. He takes great pride in the content that he puts out for all of the viewers, right? And he's one of those guys that engages with the comments, whether they're positive or negative. Yeah. And he's going through something now where if you have the love of the online community for the work that you do, this is this is a moment where it would be great if the online community could really show it, you know, because it's a difficult life situation to go through. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he'd appreciate all the positivity that can come his way. Um, so that he's not, so that he's not feeling like he's he's dealing with it himself, you know. So please do go and show him the love that, yeah. that you all know he deserves. And I echo that, like you know, yeah, when, yeah. I, when I when when my when my dad passed away, like you know, um, all the all the messages that you get and all that is is very very comforting, you know what I mean, like and it does um, give you a little boost to uh, to get back and and get back on you know on on the on the wheel as they say, like you know, so uh, yeah, big up to everybody and uh, I think a thoughts with Turkish and 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 his family, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's uh, so this is our second show since the Man City game. And obviously, the Man City game was covered in great detail. We're not going to touch back on that again. We are going to look ahead at Everton before we do. Um, I mean, it, it feels like for the amount of talk online and the amount of sort of despair at some of you know what's gone on in the Arsenal world recently and some joy, you know, it's gone both ways. You'd think Arsenal had played another three Premier League games. Um, but they haven't. It was just the end of the transfer window. Um and we had a we had a round of votes. Who thought we would get Moises Caicedo? 
and I think two said yes, two said no. And we did ask who thought we would bring in a midfielder. We all put our hands up. We were all correct. And it is Jorginho who's come in. Um, Sharoy, I, I, I saw your tweet. And I, yeah, I did retweet it because I thought your your points were spot on. And, you know, if you want to sort of chat to the audience now with all of us about your kind of thoughts on uh, on the window we've had. I, I was baffled by the online fallout when Jorginho was announced. I, I mean, I was seeing Edu out. I was actually seeing Edu out, you know, not <laughs> trending worldwide, but trending within my my following section. I was thinking this can't this can't be serious. And then I was clicking into the tweets and look, people meant it. People meant it. Now, if I if I'm comparing this window to, to last January, one of the things that I was irate about is that there was clearly at least one position that we needed to address, if not two. We had we had a plan A in Blavich, and once that once that didn't happen, we didn't have a plan B. All right. So throughout that season, all I was saying is, how can you not have a backup option? I understand that you're showing intent with a with a particular player, but how can you not have a backup option? Now this year, not only do we go for two expensive players, two high-profile players, two highly sought-after players, but we do pretty much everything we can with regard to Mudrik and Caicedo to bring them in within reason. Now, when I say within reason, that 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 is the operative term here because you know Chelsea can operate. Not within reason. They don't. They don't need to operate within reason right now. They're paying in excess of 100 million for, for prospects, which is not something that every club can do. Not saying that Arsenal's a poor club, but it's not something that every club can do. So what do we do? We do have a plan B. We do have a plan B. We get a Premier League proven wide man that can play across the front three, and he scored a hat trick at Anfield. He was. He, he's, he's an international player. He can hit the ground running. What does he do when he comes on against Manchester United? First game. Looks pretty good, pretty direct. What does he do second game against Manchester City away? Looks pretty good, pretty direct. Beds in perfectly, right? We, we know that even in the Europa League and the Cups or whatever, Gabriel had to start a lot of games because there wasn't enough cover for him. So we bring in a left-sided centre-back. Good recruitment. Everyone that knows him, I don't know much about the player, but everyone that knows about him says he's a ball-playing centre-back, fits the profile. I'm happy with that. And then when you realise that you can't get Caicedo, because look, if he's not for sale, he's not for sale. What, what what can you do? You know, it seems like it seems like that was that was the reason. If you can't get him, what's the problem with bringing in one of the most decorated European players of recent history? Someone who's won the Europa League, the the Champions League, the European Championship, whatever it is. Some and someone who's played a crucial role in that. <clears throat> a very very short term contract. This isn't like the William deal where you're offering him a, a relatively long term contract. You know, you're just bringing him in to get you over the line. And he's actually a similar age profile to our for, to our two starting midfielders. He's not that much older than either of them, you know. So it, I, I was baffled. I actually thought it was a very astute window. May not have been the sort of rock and roll window as I put it on Twitter that everyone was hoping for. But but how many other teams did have a rock and roll window this January? Clearly, it wasn't that easy. Mm, I agree, Lee. L- listen, I I've been disgusted, disappointed, right with. The way it's been portrayed, the way the way it's been um, addressed in the media and everything like that, because let's get one thing straight. And I'm really annoyed about it. I only heard Sky Sports reporting yesterday. You know, oh, Arsenal go for, um, you know, Casido, seventy-eight million pound player, end up with Janino. That is not the case. If we'd have been able to have sorted out a deal with Brighton, we would have he'd be here as well as Janino because Janino has come in as a direct replacement for the injured El Nenny, right? That is what has happened. But no one seems to want to report that. No one that wants to say it. No one wants to ever even go down that route. It's really, really annoying me, you know, because it's another little dig at the Arsenal. Now, let's get the facts right on this, yeah? Arsenal done everything they can to get him. But Brighton don't want to sell. That's their prerogative. But you can't force them to sell. You know, I don't even think if we'd have gone even to, to stupid money, they 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 weren't going to sell. They'd sold players already. They feel that they've got a chance of top four or, or Europa <clears throat> League. They're going to go for that and then sell him in the summer if that's the case. I'm pretty sure talks have been going on that we'll let you have your move in the summer. I just think it's been real real disappointment from from the media side. From our point of view, yeah, we've 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 missed out on a couple of targets. It's not been a great um, window, if I'll be honest, because. I look at it and I felt we was weak going into the um, transfer window um, in midfield, and we're even weaker coming out of it now because we've lost, um, you know, Lukonga as well. Like you know, now a good bit of good bit of stuff. Like you know, um, 
El Nene, like, you know, we all know, got that training injury um, two weeks ago now. Had the operation last Monday. Kept it under wraps very, very well. And then um, um, as soon as uh, the Jorginho deal was announced, they said, like, you know, he's out for probably the rest of the season. So Arsenal had to do something. And they, I think they'd done that pretty, pretty well, really. I think, like, I look at it and I think, like, you know, that's a good bit of... Um, skullduggery in the in the old transfer window, keeping that all quiet and everything like that. I just think Arsenal done tried their best. They've got a, a very very good player in Trossard, you, you know, like uh, at the end. And even if they'd have gone and got Mudrich, who says they wouldn't have gone and got Trossard? I don't really understand why these sort of things are saying like you know. I I think Arsenal at this moment in time, when I look at it now, are not. Uh, we, we, we're I'm going to be very disappointed in the summer if we don't make some big signs because we need them. But I look at our bench now and I think oh, it's a lot stronger now. If, if everybody's available, I ain't seeing young kids that are not uh, just filling up the bench, you know, what I'm saying? <clears throat> which we've had in the last season or so. That ain't happening now. All those players on the bench can do a job and do a job, as you said, in the Europa League. So as, as I think it's underwhelming, yes, I think that we'd, we'd say that. But let's be really honest about it. Uh, who would you replace in our right? Say right, our first eleven. Who are you who, who are you going to replace? You can say right, we're going to bring someone in. I'm going to drop him. I don't think there's no one that you could turn around and go right. I'm going to leave, you're going to leave Shaka out if you you bring in a 70, 80 million pound player. I don't think so. So I think it was for here and now, but also for the future. Listen, I think that we still got enough to to win the league. Um, I'm not going to go in there saying oh, that these signings are going to definitely push us over the line. But even if we got those signs, I don't think it's a definite for pushing over the line. I think it's not been a bad window. I can't believe the people saying about, you know, I've been getting a lot of stick because I've I've spoken to the man a couple of times. You know what I mean? Like, you know... Um, it's your fault, Lee. It's your fault, Lee, to be fair. It's your fault. Well, yeah, all, like, from people saying, I hope you're going to pull your pants up now and think, oh, it's a ridiculous wow. sort of thing. But listen, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, um, you know, Twitter is Twitter. And, and, and is they really genuine fans? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm, Lee, not, so, I'm not so sure. Lee, some, some, someone... I explained on a tweet that I didn't want Jorginho, but this is probably why Arteta would, right? And I outlined my reasons. Someone said, have you not, lo- have you not learnt from the Williams and, and Louise's of this one? I said, I didn't sign him. <laughs> I, didn't, I, haven't si- I didn't wake up on Tuesday and go, Edu, take a day off. I've got this. I'm bringing Was in David Jorginho. Louise that bad? What's that? Was David Louise that bad? I thought he did a good job for us. I, 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 was, okay. I was one of the first, and it was on this podcast, to say David Luiz's stint has been good for us. I, I was more than happy with David Luiz. Uh, did a job for William one didn't work, work yeah. Oh, William, William was, a, was a shocker. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, that work. But then there was but, Ben Ayoun. Actually, this did the rounds. Uh, which of the, the Chelsea rejects were successes? Ben Ayoun, hands up for a success. Ah, oh, come on. Big games against United, uh, Spurs. No. Move on, James. Move Some on. moments. Some Better moments. Check. David Luiz. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd say he was a success, yeah. Willian. Hell no. Jorginho. Uh, um, William Gallus. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, oh. No hands up there from you, Jordan. So you expected the same for Jorginho. <clears throat> No, I'm not. Um, I I actually agree with everything that Sheroy said. Um, I I also I don't often take to Twitter to tweet views. I often retweet stuff and other people's work. But I I I, I find it quite embarrassing. A lot of the Arsenal fan base's response to this transfer, a lot of snobbery. And I'm gonna I'm gonna come for Cecil here as well because Cecil's one of them as well. And I'm, I'm gonna call him later on. I think it's embarrassing that the, a group of Arsenal fans have been. S- have been so um, up their own backsides, they can't actually see the value in this signing. Now, let me be very, very clear, and I made it clear in my tweet. Would I have signed Jorginho? Uh, probably not. I, I don't think I would have. But do I see value in the signing of Jorginho? 100%. It's, it's very, very simple. Arsenal, and I've, I've, there's no one been banging this drum more than me about a midfielder being needed to cover, the, to cover our, our, our first-choice midfielders. But Jorginho, look at the pros. 
You're bringing in a proven winner. You're bringing in a, someone that's Premier League proven. You're bringing in someone that can cover, I one of the few players, when you think about it, that can play an eight or a six. I think he can play both an eight and a six. So you're not only can play, replacing or backing up he who shan't be named, but you're also backing up party. I think he can do both of those roles. And Chelsea fans laughing at Arsenal saying, ha, 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 you're taking out our trash. You're getting our leftovers. I'm like, be very, very careful, you know, because you might have just helped us win the league for 12 mil. You might have helped us win the league for 12 mil. Another point I made in my tweet was, if Arsenal don't win this Premier League this season, and that could, that could happen, if they don't win the Premier League this season, it won't be because of Jorginho. But if Arsenal do win the Premier League, I think he could be the difference in just giving Partey and Hugh Shark names a little bit of rest. We've got a lot of games coming up and the pressure is now on. I said in the last podcast, the season starts now. The pressure is on now because we're the favourites now. We're expected to win every single game. And bringing in someone like him, not only from a tactical point of view, offers us variety, but also a bit like Zinchenko in the dressing room just knows how to get over the line. It's a what? It's a two-year two year deal, right? year and a half. It's a year and a half. From memory. Sure, right. Here's the thing. He's only got to be good for five months. We don't need exactly. five months from him. If, if we win the Premier League this season and next year he's shocking, who cares? We just but need also, five months. Just also, give us five months. Arsenal might even be tempted to look at who's out there for him in the summer. Yeah, you're right. It could just be five months and then just he goes us, brilliant. Just get us over the line. And no, I think... No, go on, Lee, go on. No, no, I just want to ask a serious question. Um, uh, do you think if El Nini was injured, say if El Nini was fit, do you think Great they would question. have done this deal? Great I question. Think they would have. I think they would have. I, I think they would have. They were looking at a midfielder in general terms anyway. Um, so, that's interesting because, 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 sorry to cut you short. Ah, because my only so th- there are positives, and I do want to explore why Arteta wanted to do this deal. And we've touched on the experience he adds and all that, but it does feel like okay, well, then he's probably going to miss the season. So I know what Lee means when he says we might have come out in that midfield area weaker in terms of numbers, not in terms of kind of dependable quality, but maybe in terms of numbers because where we had. El Nene, a Partey with El Nene and then Xhaka with Lokonga, it now feels like it's Partey, Jorginho and then no one behind Xhaka and then you're hoping that basically Smith-Rowe can drop in, maybe yeah, Vieira comes across. And but but, no but, you're, but your mate Zinchenko, sorry James, your mate Zinchenko let's, let's not forget about that he can play a midfield if needs be which I'd love to see because I'm so behind on this bet with Robbie <laughs> but um, then you're then you're removing a key part of another you know, somewhere else in the team yeah. to, to, to kind of make it work. What I do think, though, is we're at that stage of the season where we, I think we like to think we want two, we want two 11s, right? And I did that myself. I posted a picture saying, this is our squad. This is where you can make a second 11, you know, with the other players. And look, it looks very, very, very decent. Don't get me wrong. But Arteta isn't going to treat the Europa League as just a second eleven going out. He'll probably go Jorginho, Xhaka, Odegaard, and Partey gets a rest. He'll probably go Trossard, Jesus, Saka. You know, you, you know what I mean? He will, he'll still go kind of maybe five, six changes rather than wholesale changes to the eleven. So actually, maybe I, just upping the quality of who's on the bench rather than the numbers is what the we numbers. Needed. I I actually also I, I disagree with Lee slightly in that. I heard that there was a statement that came out from what well, there was a journalist tweeting that Brighton was saying they weren't going to, this deal was never going to happen for Caicedo. I don't believe that. I think how we handled it pissed them off. And then they were like, no, no, you're taking the piss. We're done with you. Arsenal go in on January the 1st with a bid of a hundred mil for Caicedo. Do not tell me they don't accept. They're taking that deal. They are taking that deal. You get a hundred mil in January you're taking that deal. So I don't fully I don't fully believe this idea they're putting out now that oh Arsenal were never going to get him. Yeah, they would have. We just handled it wrong. We didn't give them what they initially wanted for the player. That's our bad and that might harm relations going down the line. But this idea that it was never going to happen, I don't I don't I don't buy that. But just going back to the Arsenal fans, sorry Shrew, I just the final point. Just going back to the Arsenal fans, it's snobbery. It's snobbery that because our our our, our player didn't cost a hundred mil, therefore something's wrong. 
I've never really been into the 100 mil, the big... I don't care about transfer fees. I care about the right player. If it's the right player that costs 4.5 mil, get him in. If the player costs 100 mil, then so be it. But for me, the outrage, I think, is aligned with this idea that because we haven't had a spectacular, sexy sloshings of money around the place type transfer window, it's been a bad window. No, it's about but getting I, the right players rather than the, the expensive I'll defend players. them to it a bit. I, I, I thought... I thought the outrage was way, you know, went way too far. I mean, the hashtag Edu out, you know, was was just a joke in my opinion. Uh, the criticisms and look, some people really weren't having it, and and I was surprised that with Arteta and Edu's track record, that they weren't a little bit more open minded about. But I'm talking about such a general fan base. You know, some people were for it, some people weren't. I was surprised that people weren't kind of willing to be a little bit more okay. I've seen this before, but let's see what Arteta and Edu do because they've got it so right recently. But I will defend them to a degree. You know, Arsenal with Partey and Elneny and even Lukonga, they've had dynamism in that sixth position. They've had players who can cover a lot of ground. They need to. It's a lone six role. Yes, sometimes Xhaka tucks in next to them, but there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot to cover. Um, and at the same time, we have been down this former Chelsea player role and do they ever really feel like your player that's why I like David Luiz because actually his commitment was top top when he was at Arsenal whereas performance is always brilliant no but I never looked at a player and thought ah, he's here because he's just to pick up a paycheck so I understand why Arsenal fans do have that sense of you know are we really going to pick up a player that you know one of our rivals are kind of happy to move on from. So I, I do get why they were. But, 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 but to that point, sorry, I'm not sure what's sure coming here, but to that point, James, the idea that Georgina potentially has only come into us for a paycheck and a last, a last kind of biggish contract. Yeah. Georgina could win a Premier League title. I know, it's harsh. No, I agree. He could, he could win a, he, if I'm Georgina, I'm thinking I could win a title just in four months. <laughs> I, these guys have done all the hard work. I could just, I've just got to get it over the line. So I don't, I don't, I think there are examples of Chelsea players that have come to us where you can levy that argument. So he's only coming here for a payday. That That's legitimate. I, I'm just not sure that is the case here. Georgino no, gets I, a good, I, gets a good club in the summer, regardless for me, if he leaves Chelsea. So I, 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 I think the Arsenal fan base, much of them, not, not all of them, let themselves down. Would have got a better payday if he'd gone on a free, to be fair. There you go. There Probably you would go. have got a two, three-year contract somewhere with, with a bigger... With Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's a that's a good point. Sorry, Sheroy, come in, because uh, Jordan I'm, I'm, and I are just running our own podcast, me and him. It's, but, all, uh, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, I think David Luiz, I think David Luiz, Czech, William, were probably brought in with a view to, to occupying a place in that starting eleven. Jorginho uh, is not, put simply, in the Premier League. And, and that's because... When you're top of the Premier League, you don't necessarily need a signing in January to slot into your eleven and elevate mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You need someone who's going to make sure you stay there. Mm -hmm. and that's a very different lens through which you look at the transfer window, firstly. Mm -hmm. But the second point is, look, over the last few months, when we've been top of the league and we've been putting two or three past everyone, even fans who weren't fans of Arteta, Edu, the Cronkies even, are saying we trust the process. Mm -hmm. The minute something happened that didn't quite align with them, it was Edu out. Yes, you yes. You can't, you can't say trust the, trust the process, but then not trust it because, because of one signing. I get the optics. I get the optics. With Chelsea bringing in Enzo Fernandez, the, the World Cup hero, and us taking a player that looks like it's a player that Chelsea don't want, I get the optics. But if you just engage with it for a moment and you look at the track record and you look at the progress and you look at what Jorginho has won, in fact... Look at the reaction of Chelsea fans when Jorginho left. A lot of them weren't particularly pleased by it. Look at what Thiago Silva said yesterday to ESPN Brazil. He said, look, it's a big loss. This is someone who talks in the dressing room. This is a leader. Look at what Mark Cucurea said when he didn't know that Jorginho had left. He said, well, this is one of the most intelligent players in our dressing room. Look at Jorginho's welcome video where he says that this isn't the first time Mikel Arteta tried to sign me. Mm. It shows that this is, this is, there, there was a bit more thought to that than that meets the eye. You know, there are so many things you could engage with, but the minute you didn't like something about the process, it was done. Come yeah, on. but I, I agree with that. But the but the fans are losing their their nut because it's reported. 
that we can't get um, the Casido deal. So all of a sudden, like, we've gone for G. That is not the case, right? When I look at Manchester United with Ericsson, they've brought in that Sabitza or whatever, like, no one's saying, oh, he's here to re- replace so-and-so and all that. It was done. Oh, he's, he's in there to replace Ericsson. And and, and and no Man United fan's ever going to lose their, their nut because they see the, the, um, the sense in it. And what was what was being reported, and and I was I was the same because I put it on my um you know we, we you know like WhatsApp groups and things like that. I'd rather have nobody than you know if we can't get um the the, the deal over the line, I'd rather go with what we've got uh, and and not sign him like that was my thing and give them ten million. To, well, it was reported at the time fifteen million pounds. Really, I, Lee? That I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone for it. I would not have gone for it. I wouldn't. One, I didn't want to give them fifteen million pounds to help their funds. And, and, and things like that, but then when the truth comes out that he's that that it is a replacement for El Nene, get the deal done because it makes so much sense. And and and, and the fact of the matter is, I, I think that Arsenal have tried tried their best and they're doing it. Tried their best to sign him. You know what I mean? They couldn't get it done. I I, I think that if I honestly think if El Nene was fit, they wouldn't have gone gone for him. But El Nene's not. We needed to replace El Nenny. And when you look at it, El Nenny for Jorginho, that is not... Fans would not lose their, 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 their stuff over that. Wouldn't lose their stuff over that, like, you know. Reported badly, you know what I mean, in my my eyes. And, and, and listen, it's not the first time Arsenal fans have, have, have jumped the gun. You know what I mean? Why, like, there's a little saying that someone put... Let's see what happens when the window finishes, like you know what I mean. Like it was the same with when we got Jesus and we got Chinchenko. You know what I mean. Like when we lost out on on, on other players. From from my point of view, listen, I, I think that Edu and Arteta, whether you like them or whether you don't, whether you think they're great or whatever, they deserve the backing of the, the fans. Now they deserve that, like you know what I mean. If that's the way they want to go, then the way go. I've heard actually people go like. Well, how comes Arteta rates um, rates him like you know? What I mean, wanted to sign him two years ago, like you know, blah blah blah. If that's what Mikel feels that's going to be good enough to get us over the line, then then who am I to, to have a go at him for that? And like? and I'm, I'm not going to. Two, two things, Lee. One, again, this word, and it's coming from me. I'm the biggest snob in life, but the snobbery about Jorginho. Jorginho is a brilliant player. He's a brilliant football player. The problem with Jorginho is he's a very specific system player. If the mm. system around him isn't correct, he looks awful. He looks awful. Go and look at Jorginho back point. at Nap- when, when he was at Napoli. He was absolutely running the game, every game. He was arguably the best midfielder in Italy at, at that, that season under Sarri at, at Napoli. He's a system player. I get it. He's a baller. And I can just yeah. see him spraying balls over the top for the likes of Saka and Martinelli and Jesus and Nketiah. He's a brilliant player. But I just want to just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, sorry, I don't want to move forward, James, but I want to understand what you said there, Lee. So just so I'm clear, are you saying that you would have rather had a fit El Nene to back up our two midfielders than a Jorginho, if it was a choice? If yeah, I'm I, 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 listen. I have been more than happy with what we've been doing. In in, in, in we're top of the league, we're top of the yeah, league with those yeah, players. We're but, top but, of the league but, with El Nene. But getting over the line, do you think if when it really comes to squeaky bum time, El Nene comes in for four, five, six, ten games, you trust him in those games more than you would trust Jorginho? Well, only only on yeah, because I've seen what El Nene can do for us. I don't know what Jorginho can do for us as an Arsenal player. Listen, you know what I mean. But well, we know he can get teams I, I, over the line. I would have got. I wouldn't have got rid of Lukonga if I'll be honest. At this in in this in this window because I feel we need more bodies. But I understand that you have to. <laughs> there's certain things you have to do, and I think you know when you look at it with Lukonga, it makes sense that he's uh, gone to. I think that's a fantastic move for him and for us. If I'll be honest, so yeah. I think it's worth the gamble. But I, I, listen, I I I I looked at it and you know, I I. When El Nenny's gone out, I just think it's good business. That's how I see it now. I think it's very, very good business from Arsenal. I think, like, you know, do I, I don't want us... Can I just say something like that? I, and, I, and I mean this sincerely. I do not want to deal with that football club anymore. I do They're get a, that. They are a disgrace to this footballing world. And, and I know 
that every club should turn around and go like, I don't want to deal with that club no more. But, I, you know, in, in, in fairness, you have to... It, I, 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 I hear you, Lee, but is the emotional attachment to... Because I, I, I get what you're saying. But if the difference in, in securing our Premier League title means working with them, would you do it then? Well, that's, that's not good. Look, listen, I don't agree. Look, it's not Chelsea as the Chelsea, the hater of, 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 of what... I don't like what Chelsea are doing, what they've done for 20 years and what they're still continuing to do now. It's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. It's not the mm -hmm. football way. They don't look at Chelsea Football Club. And this is where I'm going to say now, and it's a little bit different with Man City. Manchester City, for instance, were in for the uh, Cucurella as well, like, yeah? But they said, you know, we've got the money, but we don't feel morally that's the right thing to do. So we're pulling out. That, that lot down there, down there don't care about that. We don't care if we're going to mess up the financial market for anybody else. It's all about Chelsea Football Club, Chelsea Football Club. For me, yeah, you know, you, you, it's like, you know, you've got to deal with, with teams like that, like, you know what I mean? But I tell you, we're doing them any favours. I wouldn't be doing them any favours from now on, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Let's hope that they've done us a favour with Jorginho. And listen, the, the, the one thing I would say, whether, I, whether Arsenal fans think he's the right decision or, or whatever, or don't really like Jorginho... And that. Listen, I'm going to be really honest here with, with, with the honesty. I'm not rushing down the down the um, down, down to the um, club shop today and putting number twenty on a shirt. Like, if you win this league, if you win this league, Lee, I'm getting you a shirt and I'm getting twenty on the back, Georgina on the back. I, I, and I'm willing to take that. But the one thing I will say, and the one thing I will urge for Arsenal fans now, do you know what? He's an Arsenal player now, like you know what I mean. So, so why he pays on in that red and white shirt? Mm. He gets my back in hundred percent. Yep. Well, uh, look, on, on lots of various shows on this channel, we've explored the reasons why uh, Arsenal would want a Jorginho. I think I'll be doing an in focus as well on our new signing. So uh, plenty more to come on him. Uh, I think if you can just say that Arsenal, the one thing they have done is refresh this window. You know, mm. three players out, uh, Cedric, Lukonga, Marquinhos, all out on loan. Uh, we're going to rate the window in a sec, but I think they all feel like good loans for those three players. I think they've gone exactly yeah. where I think would fit and where's a good level for them and where I think they're going to get good development. Not that Cedric needs development, but I think that's still a good move for him, full and flying high. Um, and we've refreshed the squad by, as you said, Shroy adding depth for Gabriel, uh, you know, another experienced, dependable body in midfield. And I actually think a really exciting forward in Trossard. I think because it's been an underwhelming window, I feel like Trossard and that signing might get dragged down with the, you know, the the level of name, if you know what I mean, not to disrespect our signings. But actually, you know, he's a top, top player. I'm I'm very excited about Trossard. Um, and I look forward to seeing more of him. So let's uh let's give this window a rating, everyone, out of ten. Uh Jordan, what would you give it? Um, I think that the window, ultimately, this window was ultimately about not forward planning for the next three, four years. It was about what we need to do now to give ourselves the best chance of getting over the line this season. That's why, a, 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 in hindsight, a Caicedo deal would have been a bit weird because then you bring him back for 100 million. Does that then, as Lee said, do you then drop he who shan't be named or parte? I, I think the question is, are we equipped now better than we were a week ago to, fin to win this title? And I, I think overall, as you mentioned, numbers down, quality up. So, yes, I would say the window has been, out of 10, I would give it a... I'd give it a 7. I'd give it a 7. Cool. Uh, Lee? I, I, I think that's a good point. I think we're better equipped now than what we was at the beginning of the window because we was like panicking on mm -hmm. all that. I I don't care what anybody says. If party's injured and gets injured, I'm still panicking. Like you know, what I mean, like whether whether we sign, uh, I think maybe it'd been different if we'd have signed somebody else. But either that. So for me, I, I think that the bench is stronger. That's what we got is a key for me. So six out of ten for me. It's not. Listen, sometimes a six out of ten window. Is better than than getting all excited and all that, like you know. This this, this this is a this is a sort of window that we that we needed, like you know. That's mm -hmm. right. I don't think we would have been calm if Partey was injured, regardless of who we bought, even if it was Caicedo. To be honest with you, there, there was a point in this window where we looked like we were succession planning with with a midfielder for the future. But what did all of us say? 
when the transfer window opened, where top of the league, when opportunity comes knocking, you you get what you need to get over the line. So maybe succession planning in this January window wasn't the way forward. And maybe that immediate no. impact with a proven midfielder and a proven forward was the way forward. Um, and also looking at the business going out, I honestly think that if you could if you could have written a script for Sambi Lukonga to, to sort of resurrect his Arsenal career, not saying that it's faded away, but you, I think everyone understands what I mean by that. It would be to go and hone your craft and learn your trade under Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira and get those qualities and characteristics or something close to it from the Arsenal legend, the invincible himself, to then come back and see if you can make something in this first team. So personally, and I really like the fact that we had a plan B and we didn't just sit on our hands because I shat on the board last January for the exact opposite and I'm not going to I'm not gonna be a hypocrite this year. I, a lot of people may disagree, but I'm actually going to give this window an eight. No, I was going to give it an eight as well. I'm with you, Shroy. Um, and I think the, the way to explain it is, what did I what did I go into think into the window thinking we needed? Depth in midfield and depth in the front three. And that's the word, depth. I wasn't sitting there saying we really need to upgrade in those areas. <clears throat> I was saying that we, we needed depth and that's exactly what we got. Add to that a left-sided centre-back who can cover for, for Gabriel. I wasn't expecting that. Brilliant. Um, I think the fact that we've acted quite decisively in finding replacements for those first-choice players, we did try and get those more expensive 70, 80 million pound players they didn't work. I think there is a discussion around whether that's something to worry about actually coming into the summer. You know, can we not, are we, do we struggle to pull off those big deals? But that's for another podcast potentially come the summer window. Um, and then I'm really taking into that the, the loans that went out. You know, a window isn't just about everything you do coming in. It's what goes out and how you manage that. And I just thought Arsenal did really well. And they've been getting their loan system spot on. Um, you know, Lukonga, Marquinhos, I think, good at, you know, good out on good loans. Um, Balogun's firing. We're going to touch on him now. Um, you know, Patino doing very well at Blackpool. I think that's, I know they left in the summer, but I think that's all part of it as well. So I, I'd give it an eight. And I think if it had been Caicedo instead of uh, Jorginho, that's probably a nine or 10. And if it had been Mudrik and Caicedo, that would never have happened. There, there wouldn't have been a... 160 70 million spent in this one window so there's always going to be one or the other which would have made it a 10 uh what were you going to say there jordan sorry just just, just my final point so I'm, I'm doing talk, doing the most talking again uh, my final point is going to be i just think we have to look at it as now from here to may the club have got to think of it what are the potholes that could prevent us winning the league in terms of positions and for me there's only really two positions in the whole 11 that i think if we lose th these two players we are in a bit of trouble and that's Partey and Ramsdale I'm not convinced that Turner over eight nine ten games is the keeper to kind of really keep you on track and I think Troy makes an excellent point I'm not sure there is a player out there that you could bring in to that if Partey goes down you're thinking oh phew at least we've got him do you know what I mean there's very few players that I think could, could come in and, and make me confident if Partey's out for 10 games so I think every other position left back I'm comfortable there right back I'm happy with what we've got. Centre-back options, I'm happy. Um, up front, I'm happy. Left wing, right, everywhere I'm happy on the midfield. So we've got to be really unlucky, i.e. Mm. we've got to lose both our midfielders and Saliba and Saka at the same time. Now, if that yeah. happens, you can't plan for that. You just can't yeah. plan for that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? You need a bit of luck. You need a little bit of luck yeah. in football. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. So let's, uh, let's just quickly find out from everyone. There's about 12 minutes left of the show. We'll bring... Uh, We'll, we'll touch on Balogun and then obviously Everton as well. But on Caicedo very quickly, hands up if we go in for him in the summer. Three, two, one. Caicedo? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think I think that ship sailed personally. I mean, he might what? go to Chelsea and Man United, but... Uh, no, I, I, I think, I think, we, I think we've pissed him off first. I think we've pissed off Brighton first of all. Um, and I think secondly, I think they'll prioritise Rice... I'm not really on the rice train, but I think they'll prioritise rice. And what I think you on the gravy train. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, mate. I wish, Lee. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'll say, we're, we're, look, the way Arsenal go, we, we end up going for ice and we get curry, won't we? Like, that <laughs> Nothing wrong with curry, man. Nothing wrong with curry. I, I, I think they well, I'm very shocked that on. No, no one feels... Why, why not? I think that we're going for him. In the, I think Arsenal, Arsenal have had a trend recently of... You know, one window wanders when it comes to transfer rumours. What yeah. I mean by that is, you know, 
Tielemans, 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 nothing happens. You know, what's going on there? You know, how, how was Tielemans so reported and so wanted? The guy is as available as any midfielder right now in the league. He's Well, he's going to you know, be now. He's going... a free transfer, James. <laughs> Different now. Well, maybe. Mm. Maybe. Uh, you know, maybe he's, you know. Listen, I also he, think... He wouldn't. Have to... he, Teams he wouldn't don't want... Sometimes Leicester, Leicester might have said they didn't want to sell him. Zaha has been allowed to go on a free transfer at the end of this season. Maybe because Crystal Palace has said split mm, teams. No. I'm not, I I'm, think we're not willing to sell. Declan Rice, maybe, you know, that, you could, they could have actually inquired about him and said, look, you know, we're taking him now. And so said, no, we're in a relegation battle. We're not doing it. I think that the reason that the thing come out with Brighton more than anything is because of the player putting in a transfer request or or saying that he wanted to leave, you know. I, I, yeah. I think that Arsenal will definitely go back for him. I think Arsenal next season, two summer signings. They need two summer signings. Declan Rice and, and, and Casino. That's it. That, that job I, done. I, what, what I, I wonder if that... with 100... Go on, oh, no, sorry. Do you know what? It's a little bit laggy, so, so apologies. I was talking before I heard you. So, no, carry on, John. I was going to just say, I, I would wonder if there's a better midfielder out there that we could get for 100 mil. I, I, from what I've seen of Casado, he's like a good player. And from my, again, I mentioned the last point, my friends who are a bit more geeky than me tell me that this guy is a serious midfielder who can do it all. He's like an upgrade on Ronaldo, who I love. He can, he can pass short, pass long. He's got presence. He can tackle. He can, he's good in the air. He's a rounded midfielder. So fair enough. But for a hundred mil, one year at Brighton. I, I wonder if there's more someone that's more proven might that you can get for 100 come the summer. The, the reason that might be, might, now, be, might be, might be, might be. Because it yeah, was in yeah. January, they wanted to oh, get I, it done I wouldn't now. Come, come the summer, I wouldn't bid 70 million, bid 50. No, no, no. Like, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I bid think that maybe like, it, 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 it'd be a little bit cheaper, yeah. I think, because you know, if you have a look at it, look at Anthony Golden. Let's have a look at that one. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. Everton took a hit of over 20 million if they sold him in the summer. But I think yeah. that's the sticking point. I think that's the sticking point. Brighton will know what we were thinking about bidding in January. And I don't think we're going to be willing to pay anywhere near that in the summer. I think Brighton will say, well, if he was worth that in January, he's worth that now. Whereas Arsenal will say, no, we were only going to that level because it was January. There are now alternative yeah. targets yeah. available yeah. and he isn't worth that yeah. in this yeah. market. Sorry. And that's why that's why I don't think that's why I don't think we um we bring him in. No, I don't. I, and I also think, I, I don't also I, I think they're like Zubi Mendy, by the way. I think Zubimendi release clause fifty-seven million. I think they go for Rice and Zubimendi, and that's where your hundred forty million goes, or whatever, on those two midfielders. And, um, and, and, but, and also yeah. as well, how much of a how much of a swagger do you have if you're Premier League champions? Does that impact on negotiations and bids? If you're going absolutely. to Brighton as a Premier League, cha- yeah, absolutely game changer. Yeah, hundred percent it does. Yeah. So. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let's touch on Balogun quickly and then we'll go into the uh, Everton chat. I mean, he's absolutely firing. As I said, Patino's doing well as well. He's now currently the top scorer in France. That's beating the likes of, I mean, Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, all in his league. Um, And he's, I mean, by the way, I mean, I've only caught some of the highlights on doing the rounds online, but that second goal where it's kind of come over the top and he's just fired it into that far corner was Van Persie-esque. I mean, he um, he looks such serious talent. And, you know, while we talk about adding reinforcements in the summer, there's some very talented young players that Arteta now has to, you know, carefully manage back into the squad, but also without sounding horrible, because I want all these hair end products to make it. There are some which Arsenal can go, yeah, all right, 65 million. You know, top scorer in France. What, what do you think he'd cost if it weren't for the fact that he was... 21 and you see some of the business we've done with outgoings in the past i reckon you're looking at 65 70 million plus easily um so there's got a big decision to make on him i don't think it's a decision yet i think i, I think he, we can he, he he's had a great season in france for me his next step is to have a great season in the premier league that is another year's loan for me like um and could be a little bargaining tool to to a team down in Brighton or a team down in uh, in East London or someone like that. You have him on loan for for a year, like you know what I mean. I I think that um I I think that uh no need to rush this like a little bit like the Saliba one, like you know what I mean. I, what I'm seeing, I, I've always said he's got the potential to be a really really good forward. Like, what's the point of bringing him back in in the team at the moment where we're not going to get so many games because of Champions League? 
hopefully, you know what I mean? I think if he was in the Europa League, he'd, he'd, he'd be playing every week in that, like, you know. So I think, like, another year, get him out on loan in the Premier League, banging in goals, and then he's ready to come right into this um, team. And, well, and I would just, say, though, I think he only signed a new deal in 2020, early 2021. Yeah, so, yeah, so we've got plenty of time. If he goes out on loan to the end of the 2024 season, you know, there's not long left, is there? That was a bit of a saga as well with his contract because he yeah, wasn't going was. to was renew, but Arteta kept coming out and saying that we really want to keep the player. And if you look at his record at, at youth level, it makes perfect sense, right? But with, with Lee's point, I don't even think Balligan would mind a Premier League loan now because he knows that Eddie Nketiah has taken his chance. He knows that Gabriel Jesus is in the team and the guy's electric. He knows that he either puts himself in the shop window again for a, for a, perhaps a bigger move than the likes of Brighton or whoever we whoever we were talking about earlier. And if not, you know, he, he gets to he gets to stake his claim for for being the leading man for his boyhood club. So it's a win-win for him. Hmm. Um going going to what he would cost, look, how much did we pay for Pepe, having scored quite a few in that league some years ago? And look at what's happened to the market now. Obviously we're only halfway through the season, but if if Balogun ends up top two in that league, he's added. He's added real value. He's added real value. Then again, if we're in the Champions League next year and we're competing on four fronts, where you can't rotate in the Champions League the same way that you want to in the Europa League, do you need three strikers as opposed to just two? Yeah. Do you need more depth. Well, you know, so at yeah. this point, do you want to send him out on loan at all? These are all decisions that Arteta has to make. But it's brilliant that we have to ask these questions because you can only ask these questions when you have players that you actually want to retain. And all too often, historically, we've just been trying to figure out how to get rid of dead weight. That's not the case here. So I've just looked. His contract expires um, in 2025. Whether there's an option for a further year, all that, you know, clubs are quite clever now. But um, and let's assume that it's, you know, he could walk in a free in 2025. So next season would be the 23-24 season, which means he's coming back and there'd be a year left on his deal, which A, doesn't put Arsenal in a great position of negotiation, um, I, I actually think the decision is this summer. I think the decision as to whether you integrate him into the team or if you send him out on loan, I think you've got to extend again. You've got to extend or sell with a buyback clause. But I think I think big decisions around his future do have to be made this summer. I, I could foresee next uh, next season. I think Arsenal they've added to the forward line now. Jesus. Uh, Vieira can play in the front three. Trossard as well. I know we want that kind of hundred million pound winger. I think they've done enough to push that down the line. And I think if they can make a front three out of six players, those six being Balogun, Jesus and Ketia, we've seen Nketiah and Jesus play wide before, certainly Jesus can do it. And then Martinelli, Saka, Trossard. And then you're looking at Smith, Rose and midfielder. Then I think that's more than enough depth for next season. Um, so I, I think there's a good chance Balogun stays uh, and gets some minutes off the bench, gets some minutes in the Champions League, in the Cups, maybe then go, maybe then signs a new deal and goes on loan like January to the rest of the season. Do you know what I mean? Here, here's, here's a possible curveball. I'm not going to pretend like I've watched Balogun much on loan. Um, surprise, surprise, some would say, um, because, because I haven't. Um, Neither but, have I, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. But how, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking about next year, shut up. I'm thinking about next year. And I'm looking at the landscape of, of the teams we're going to be competing against in the Champions League and the Premier League. I'm looking at the firepower that some of the top teams are going to have next year. And I'm wondering, uh, it's just a question, if we can get 45, 50 mil for Balogun, do we invest that in a proven goal scorer? Because I'm looking at our, our front line. Saka's getting goals. Martinelli's getting some goals. Jesus chips him with goals. And then Nketiah can score goals. But there's no one in our team that you think bank up 15 goals minimum. Who's our player that you say there's a banker that's going to bring in 15 goals in the league minimum? I'm not sure we've got that player yet. And I look at Liverpool and I look at, um, I think United will sign Kane. I look at City with Haaland. I look at what Newcastle may do in the window. And I want to win the Champions League next year as well. I want to win it. I want to win the Champions League next season. Oh, really? Do, do, do we have a person in our front line that we're like, right, that is our banker, 15, 20 goal a season player. And, I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not advocating we sell Balogun. I'm just throwing out there. Do we need to get a guy in the window? I think we need two midfielders for sure. Mm. But I also think we need a, an attacker or a striker who we can, 
Who's who's our Kane? Who's our Haaland? Who's our Salah? Who's a guy that you know is going to bang but, on a bad season, 15 Premier League goals? So I, okay, two things. A, I don't think those players are that readily available because I actually think Kane and Haaland are two of the few in world football. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think that's one big issue. And the second is I think Balogun is looking like he's got every, you know, all the potential to be that, you know, one day I will be 25. Potential. Potential. I'm looking at next season. Next but, season. I want, I want to win this so little out there. I think, I think you're almost worth banking on his potential because he okay. scored goals at every level. Then he goes to France. And let's be honest, we'd be impressed if he had eight, nine, ten goals. He's got 14. You know, he's got more than Kylian Mbappe in that league right now. He scored away at PSG. He is looking an absolute killer in front of goal. Mm. So I, I think I think it's almost as... I, I think your chances of getting that player are as good if you kept Balogun mm. as then it would be as you know if you scoured the market because Osserman will go for 120, 130 million. And then I don't know who else is there. But do we need? Do we need? Do, what the question is? Do we need that striker, right? And I'm Maybe looking not. at, I'm looking at when people mention Kane. Outside of Kane and Son, Tottenham typically didn't get that many goals. Looking at looking at the Salah example, they had Salah and Mane who were prolific. They didn't get too many from elsewhere, although other people chipped in. Whereas with us, we have Saka, we have Martinelli, we have Odegaard who's scoring quite a few goals. We now have Enketia. We have Jesus who started on fire. Our centre backs even score goals. We share them around a lot more. So looking at looking at the style of play. Look at what people are saying about Manchester City now. Well, you brought in Erling Haaland. Yeah, he's on his way to a goal-scoring record, but has it necessary? Has it interrupted the flow? Has it has it has it made you a worse team overall? Mikel Arteta maybe consciously hasn't gone for that nine. Mm. Maybe one because there aren't that many available, but two, he doesn't think that that's the way he wants to play. He doesn't necessarily need that 15-20 goal a, a, a season gunman because he wants to spread them around mm. and make sure that we're a threat from everywhere. Only time will tell. I don't know if that works in the Champions League because sadly I haven't seen Arsenal play in the Champions League for a bloody long time. We're about <laughs> we're about to find out, but I, I quite like the fact that we have we have threats all over the pitch. And also, Jordan come up with a point earlier on snobbery. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like oh, uh, this is a guy uh, that's banging in goals in in France. We've we've gone to France before, as you said earlier on with Pepe. Also Lacazette as well. Like you know what I mean? We spent over fifty million for for his goals in France, and we've got our own we've got our own boy ripping it up over there at this moment in time. Like you know, so for me, um, listen, he's going to come back. This is my problem with him at the moment, like because if it was me, I'm going to go look. I'm banging in goals left, right, and centre. I'm playing every week. I don't want to come back and just be sitting on the bench. And getting minutes, five, ten minutes here, like you know, I'd want to go out. Either I want to be the number one, or you know, and, and take take Eddie's place, or I, I, I want to play games. So you know, that's where Arsenal got to negotiate, isn't it? Like so, right? Well, we will get you out on loan, but you got to sign a new contract or, or whatever. Blah 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 blah. I'll be very very disappointed if we if we let Bellingham go because I think at the end of the day, what I've seen of him is as good as, and if not better than Eddie. At, at, at this stage of his development, and yeah. you've got a, you know, there's also this great thing about spending money and everything like that, and I, we all like doing that. But I also like seeing players come through the academy and come through and we, coach. This, How about coaching players? And co- yeah, exactly. Like, you know, getting them, getting them done. I like the thing that we've got Saka, Smith Rowe. Uh, I love that that Martinelli. All right, hasn't come through the. Youth, but you know what I'm saying is a young player that's coming through. Balogun comes through and, and bangs in goals. And if he does bang in goals, then you've you have to think of this like you've got Manchester United spending whatever money on Harry Kane if that comes. Like you've got money, uh, Chelsea will be looking to spend some money as a striker because that's one thing that they've not got. Um, then you'll be looking at other teams and all that. We've got our own, we've done it, we can we can go and invest in other areas because we've got we've got that striker like, you know what I mean? So we're saving a lot of money in that area. Like, you know, yep. please, 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 you know, develop Balogun. That's, that would be my message to Arsenal. Uh, I have a feeling. Let's make sure we make an early prediction. I'm thinking he'll go on loan, but they'll give him a new contract. That's what I, I think. think that's what happened. So I'm not sure. I think, I think they might have him as the third. And I think with the games available next year, I think he might be happy being third third well, choice that's what I would do. behind Jesus and and Enketia. If he's your third choice forward, 
that's not a bad third forward to have. And I think yeah. he may be like, fine. Mm. If I get, you know, 10 minutes in the Champions League here, start the League Cup games, start the FA Cup games. Okay, I may only get 10 appearances in the Prem next season. So B, I think he might take that. I know, I know the Premier League is supremely competitive, but I do think Arsenal need to get to a point where if we're playing 19th, 20th in the league, you can start with, oh, Partey's out, so we'll play Jorginho or whatever. Um, Saka, take this one off. We'll play Jesus on the right with Balogun and, and Trossard or Martinelli. You know, obviously no manager's going to make eight changes for a Premier League game, yeah. but you want to get to Quite a point cool. where you can comfortably make three. And it doesn't disrupt. You know, why you sit this one out, Tommy Asu plays. I think our squad is getting closer to that. Yeah. The era develops as, as we expected because there's no doubt talent there. Odegaard can sit some out. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the squad develops. Well, um, we have, you know, I was chatting very privately in the back end to you all while uh, you were making your fantastic points. And we, we have managed to bargain ourselves an extra five, ten minutes just to chat about Everton um, because... New management is very interesting. So I was on DR Sports and Mike, Everton fan. I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I felt so sorry for him. He was talking about his issues at the club. And I mean, I get it. I get when you feel so disconnected from your club. And it, by the way, Arsenal never had it like this. So, you know, it's all relative, right? But, you know, they, they've got serious issues, Everton. They did have the, well, they have the manager bounce aspect in Sean Dyche, which is a new boss with new ideas and a boss we've typically found quite difficult to play against, especially away from home. Um, so there's that side, but then actually the deflation that's come after the announcement of, of his appointment uh, of not bringing anybody in, in this January transfer window, they've got a hundred million for Gordon and, and Richarlison in the last two, and it's not been reinvested really. Okay. Onana came in. So there's a lot of, problems at that club and they're talking about maybe protests or displays of of obviously disappointment in the ownership and what's happening there so what kind of game are Arsenal going into here is this going to be a boy not buoyant but like a Goodison Park ready to start again behind a new manager or is this going to be an incredibly flat almost toxic atmosphere that we're coming into tough don't make no mistake about it this game's tough and I'll tell you why. Because Sean Dyche is a very, very good coach, very, very good man manager. And I, I got gets the best out of a team like Burnley, um, where they can compete and make it very, very difficult. The one good thing we've got, he's only had a week there. So I think yeah, a bit more down the line, he'll get a little bit more. But let's get some facts right about Evan. Calvin Lewin up front. They've got the England international goalkeeper in their uh, ranks. They've got a decent central defensive partnership, which uh, Sean Dykes can work on. And they've got midfield players that are, are decent. He's got a better team, a better team of players at Everton than he ever did at Burnley. And then he ever did at Burnley. And he's got Burnley where they were like, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I don't think this manager gets the, the the credit he deserves. I think he's done fantastically well. Arsenal are in for a real tough, tough game. Because I'll tell you one thing, they'll be a lot more organised than that they've been in the last few few times. And also, don't forget, this is a team, by the way, that got a point at Everton. Uh, sorry, um, Manchester City a little while ago, like, you know. So... Um, They've got players there with ability. I can tell you that now. Wobi, by the way, has done very, very well. Probably been the best best player for them this season. There, they've still got some very decent players. You know what I mean? And with um, the organisation that he will bring, they'll be a difficult team to beat. Whether they whether they can um, survive, and that, that's a different thing, like. But I believe Arsenal are in for a very, very difficult game. Very, very difficult game. Uh, first of all, I, I'm not totally convinced this Everton team, Everton team is better than the Burnley team he had. I don't think it's that good, player, player for player. Um, but that's for another day. I, I think this is a game that will be tough. But I think, as I mentioned before, the season starts now. These are the games. You want to win the Premier League title, you have to get through them. Arsenal, got a, they've got to block out all the Sean Deutsch, Sean Deutsch, Sean yeah. Deutsch noise because they will be well. up for it. Him as him too. They'll they'll be up for it. They're going to be loud. They're going to be back in their man. They're going to be like, right now is the game where we start off our fight for survival. Come on, we need. F-. They're going to be bang up for it. 
We just got to go in there, get the job done, get the hell out. And I think Arsenal will win this game. It's a professional job. Don't get caught up in the noise. Ride the first 20, 25 minutes because it will be, they'll be getting stuck in and have them fighting and have them running. Have them cool. We're a better team than you and we're on better form than you. This shouldn't be a problem in theory for Arsenal if they are serious about winning the Premier League title. Everton have been rubbish defending for about 10, 15 years. I don't care how good a defensive coach you are. How much can you do in seven days yeah, or five days? <laughs> how much can you really do? You can make them a little bit fitter, a bit more organised, but I expect my team, top of the league, who are going for a title, to, uh, to, to get in there, ride the storm and get the hell out. End of. Yeah, I think, I think look, I get the fact that the crowd will be live. Um, but I also think that given their track record this season, that, that's also a crowd that could be relatively quickly silenced if we Good start point. games the way that, the way that we point. start games. If we score within the first five or ten, yeah. I think yeah. suddenly yeah. they'll all be sat there going, shit, we're in for a long day. <laughs> and a new, new manager bounce. There, there are two things that can happen, right? You can, you can have a new manager bounce where a new manager comes in and gets a wonderful reaction out of the players for a game or so, like Emery did with Villa against United, for example. But also, and this has actually tended to be the case with past Everton managers, you get a new manager coming in and they realise the gravity of the task at hand because their team really isn't that good. And I fear for Sean Dyche that he's actually taken on this job and it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for him. Um, I think he's a great manager. I don't think he should have been let go at Burnley personally. I think I think he was hard done by that. But I don't I don't think this team is as good as he as he may well think it is. It's not and good. It's just looking, just looking at their I know I know that Lee mentions the city result. Last few games. West Ham put two past them. Everton don't score any. They lose 2-1 to West Ham, 3-1 to United, 4-1 to Brighton. You don't have the point at City. They've lost 2-1 to Wolves. They lose 3-0 to Bournemouth. They lose 4-1 to Bournemouth. They lose 2-0 to Leicester, 0-0 to Fulham. I could keep going. They yeah, don't yeah, score. Yeah. They don't They're score crap. and they lose games. They're crap. You know? I mean, so I understand, I understand the, the, the element of caution because there is a new manager and we're going away and all of that. But look, look at where we are in the league. Look at the amount of players that we have fit. We should be going there and scoring a very early goal, shutting them up and then locking yeah. this off. And, and it's massive. Yeah. It's massive as well because City play Spurs the following day. If I bang on again about protect the buffer, we beat Everton. City are then thinking, oh. And I know Spurs lost to City a couple of weeks ago. Eight points. Generally, yeah, generally, and a game in hand. And generally, Spurs do quite well against City. I don't think they will. I think City win this game. But I think it's a big game in that sense as well for us. They might because Conte's just, you know, Conte's just had surgery. This could be one where their captain's taking the dressing room and saying, we're doing this one. Yeah, yeah, good, you know, be, it could be a very hostile. Be. And maybe this is just me hoping because I, I bizarrely, <laughs> I, feel, I feel dirty saying this, but I want Tottenham to win that one. I think I think they could they could rally. They could rally maybe, yeah, without maybe. him at the helm and do, and do this for him. Let's see. Mm. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. You know, the form we're in, the form they're in, you know, if it's not now, when can we with Archesco? You know, forget this. What we worried about, going 3-0. But I don't think this is like the Premier League in 2008-9 where basically you paid anyone in the from 11th downwards in home or away, you should have been beating them. But, you know, th th there is... I'm sort of with Lee. Like, they look poor, yet they've got England's number one goalkeeper. Shouldn't be, in my opinion, but okay. Some you know people think he is and should be. And... They've got Calvert-Lewin, who has shown he can score goals in this league. And they've got Onana in midfield. He's shit. He's shit, Onana. No, no. Well, Onana's had a decent start to the season. Looks good. Calvert-Lewin is, is, is an average striker. He can score if given chances. Maybe. Let's, let's, not, let's not pretend like if, if Calvert-Lewin beats us on the weekend, that says more about us than them. Let's have it right. Come on. Maybe. But may, maybe. But. You know, I, I looked at that Burnley eleven every time we faced them and thought that doesn't look anything special. In fairness, I, I, I record that Burnley wasn't as bad as I no, think. we got through those games. It's just, it, it, listen, you make it difficult. It will, will be difficult. I'm, I'm not saying that we're not going to go and win this game. I, I'm expecting a tough, difficult game. You know what I mean? I'm telling you what, this is a tougher game to that on Saturday with him in charge and will have been with Frank Lampard. I've been going there with uh, yeah, Frank really Lampard was in charge, confident. That, they were, that we were getting two, three, four goals. This time, I'm still confident, but I know it's going to be a lot tougher. It's going to be yeah. tougher physically and mentally. Because our record against Everton isn't brilliant. So I know we beat them 5-1 on the final day when sort of the season was done, top four was done. But then we lost 2-1 to them. Who was their manager? Benitez. It was Benitez. Mm. 
He was still there. You can, you can put the records aside. They lost six on the spin or something when we went up there and they beat yeah. us. You know, and what I mean? that's last season. That's that. Ancelotti the year before. We lost two one in both those games. Records are relevant this year. Records. We, we weren't going for exactly. a title those years. We weren't going for our a record, title in those years. Our record at Tottenham hasn't been great. We just won there. Our record at Brighton wasn't great. We just won there. I mean, no, we, no, yeah. We've been putting this stuff to bed now. That's why I'm not looking too yeah. far back. This is a different thing. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Let's get some score predictions, everybody. As I get the league table up. This was, oh, well we did done. touch on it the other day. Yeah, nice one. Nice um, one. Very, uh, we'll, we'll get Turkish's prediction, um, I believe. Um, but as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, you know, we are wishing him all the best um, and his family as well. And Lee, let's get your, your quick score prediction. I'm going Everton nil, Arsenal 2. Cool. Jordan? I'm going Everton 1, Arsenal 2. Okay, I'm going 1 nil, Arsenal. Troy? 3 0. Okay, Go fair on. enough. Right, Sharon. Come on, Sharon. Let's have it right. Let's have it right. Easy to go 3 0 when you're not actually in the competition. I am uh, the world's worst host, as always. I realise I've not left on ourselves enough time for comments of the week. Does anyone have one they want to just quickly couple I've of words? Yeah. I'll, I'll save mine until next week. Oh, there's a, there's a yeah, couple. apologies, everyone. I've got, I've got one. If you guys have a couple of minutes, go on. Oh, go, go, on, on, let's go, on go on, go on, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Go on, let's have some fun. Go on. What have we got? <laughs> Who's going first? Then? You, Lee. Go on, kick. Okay, I've got it from Martin Sutherland. I thought this is a great one. Another great episode, guys. Turkey, Miss Turkish, which is a lovely thing to say. But James was a good host. Thank you very much. Yeah, Lee being just as awesome as usual. The one oh, we, we shall not name. Also, <laughs> not bad this week. Ah, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. And the brilliance of Sharoy makes this a awesome show. Well done. That's Loved lovely. Whatever that was. What was his name? I enjoyed that. I like that one. Very, very positive. He hasn't got his name down, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I did. If you did, I actually said it was Martin, but it's Marion Sutherland. <laughs> so you did say it, but you got it wrong. <laughs> I ain't got my glasses on, have I not? So sorry, Marion. Go on, sorry. Martin at the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one's from, uh, I actually felt for him when I read this. This one's from Kasim Chima 8953. And he says, how can you get onto comment of the week if you're not funny or creative? Because I'm an accountant for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Fair play to you, brother. Fair play to you. You did make it to comment of the week. There you go. Hope you enjoyed it. That is genius. It's Marlon, by the way. It's not Mary. Oh, bloody hell, I am so sorry, like, you know, I mean, like, you, know. you can see him quickly put his glasses on to read it properly and then come back <laughs> yeah. in. Like, I'm so bad, like, you know, so God, Jordan. I'll, I'll spare these blushes. I've got three here. Got what? First one here. When Sharoy speaks. You listen. Sky Sports soon come. I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. That's from Rafe, um, fan of Sharoy there. Um, thought we were going to sign Casado, and then I saw Jordan say we're going to sign Casado. And then the last one, <laughs> last one was. Um, so this was just referencing when I had to leave um, in the first couple of minutes of the last pod because I had a delivery here. Uh, someone's written Jordan's signed Edison shirt must have arrived. Well, that was quite funny as well. <laughs> well done. Fair play. Over to you, James. Well, um, I, I was useless and I forgot. To, there was a great one and then I forgot to screenshot it. I lost it. But you guys have read out plenty, so we'll leave it there. And Indeed. I will just leave my leave as the world's worst host. Um, so there we go. Uh, but everyone, that has been the Forever <laughs> Arsenal podcast. Of course, we are on all podcast platforms as well. So go check us out. We're finally coming through on Apple Podcasts as well. So wherever your preferred destination for your podcast is, we are there. Big thanks to everyone. Again, a big thanks to Shroy for filling in. Um, always a pleasure having you, my friend. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Jordan. And uh, yeah, check out all the content. Thank you, James. Thank you. We're, we're all done again, James. Not a problem at all. Couldn't um, do without you. Well, that's not true, actually, but anyway. It's been nice. <laughs> You're definitely not the world's worst host. You're a lot better than you yeah. could be self-credit for. You can lie to make me feel better. That's okay. <laughs> All right. 
We're going to leave it there. Big thanks, everyone. Everton content out on AFTV. Catch you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.